Hey, this is Kate. Welcome to Two Pastors Take a Walk and Make a Podcast. I'm Yolando, and we're going to talk about what we're preaching, what we're thinking about, and what astonishes us. So, Kate, what are you preaching this week? So, we are in the third week of our Life of Joseph series, and um, my text actually isn't from Genesis. Um, it is Psalm 90. Um, we're looking at those big chunks of time in the Joseph story where you know, Genesis doesn't have anything to say. The time that he was in Potiphar's household before the incident, <laughs> the time that he was in prison before and after interpreting the dreams of the officials and asking the question, does God waste time? Because I think, you know, we skip past those huge chunks of time because there's nothing, quote, happening mm. in the plot of his life. But obviously something is happening and the Lord is present with him and he's being formed but I think we look at our own lives through the lens of, you know, the Genesis narration. And we think like, well, if I'm not, you know, w- what am I doing? Like, mm. what's God doing in my life? Where is God? Nothing's happening right mm. now. And we feel like we're doing something wrong or God's doing something wrong. Um, so I, I want to look at Psalm 90 when they're talking about, you know, looking at their days and looking at the days of joy and looking at the times of suffering and asking God to help them count time adequately. And looking at the idea that just because, you know, the world doesn't see what's happening in our lives doesn't mean that God doesn't see, doesn't mean that those times aren't formative and useful and valuable and that, you know, some of the most powerful things are hidden Mm. in the kingdom of God. And so I just want to look at that and particularly, you know, I sometimes, you probably don't do this, but I sometimes, you know, get in a funk and look at my life and think, you know, I'm 42, what, you know, look at my resume, look at the stats, like, have I missed it? Am I, you know, am I not doing what I need to be doing? Is God disappointed? Is God absent? Where should I be that I'm not? And I really identify um, with Joseph, with the parts of Joseph's story, just years of his life that just get whacked out mm. on the cutting room floor. And I think as a community of faith, we need to think about that, that, you know, the world will say time is wasted or certain people's lives don't matter, but that's not, um, that's not the witness of scripture. And there's a really interesting um, book about the hidden time in Jesus's life. And so that's what I really want to think about is just hidden time and, and learning to value it and to count it. And I mean, the Lord was with Joseph in all those times yeah. when nothing seemed quote, like it was happening. And so I, I want us to to think about that as a community. So, Do you want your thing. congregation to walk away feeling a particular thing, thinking a particular thing? I want us to be aware of our bias to say, if nobody could write a headline about the season of our lives, then it doesn't matter, right? Wow. And so that, I just want us to recognize that that's how we see things, that mm-hmm. we live in like a Netflix world, right? Mm. And so just we just want everything to be sped up super, super quickly. Um, and things take time. And just because something takes time, that doesn't mean you're behind Um, and that God just doesn't count time in the same way that we do. And I want us, when we walk into worship, when we're looking at things from a kingdom perspective, I want us just to be aware of how our reference points are different. And just because we're suffering or just because we're not, you know, outwardly looking successful as the world would name success, that doesn't mean God is absent from us. That doesn't mean time is wasted. So that, that's what I, I just want people to know and just be aware that it's our expectations that are out of line, mm-hmm. not not God's, obviously. <laughs> so. That's good. That's good. Well, we'll see. And you, friend, what are you preaching on? 
I am also preaching a psalm on this Sunday before Thanksgiving, looking at uh, Psalm 100. And I love Psalm 100, uh, especially this time of year as we uh, think about uh, Thanksgiving, uh, because I always get uncomfortable with the popular notion of Thanksgiving being about looking at your pile of stuff and comparing it with other people's pile of stuff. Or and being thankful for all the good fortune in your life. Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we're encouraged to say, well, I'm not as well off as those people, but I'm not as bad as those people over there, so yeah. I should be thankful. And uh, Psalm 100 really calls us away from that to a to a, a, a God-centered instead of a stuff-centered Thanksgiving. And um, I love the way it starts. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. It's all about God, not about our stuff. And I'm seeing the psalm in basically two parts. How to give thanks, worship, shout for joy to the Lord, and what to give thanks for. And the psalmist, again, says nothing about our stuff, but we're to give thanks to God for God. Uh, The psalm ends with, for the Lord is good. Yeah, that because we didn't get to that in last week's, but just this idea that like, in Joseph's life, it's always saying like the Lord was with him and he prospered and the Lord was with him. Yeah, and, and yeah. we connect it like if the Lord is with me, then I'm prospering, whatever that looks like. But the reality is the presence of the Lord is the blessing of the Lord. It is the when blessing. you are in the presence of God, you are experiencing salvation. And we want salvation as a means to an end. We want heaven to serve earth instead of the other way around. So we give thanks because of who God is, yes. regardless of our circumstances. Yes. And when we need our circumstances to be a certain way then we're worshiping ourselves. We're wanting God to be our genie instead of saying, hey, we know the reality of suffering. We know the reality of evil. We know the reality of pain. But even in this reality, God is good. And I know you're going to take it to the cross. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's how we, the psalm ends with uh, God's goodness, God's uh, steadfast love, and God's faithfulness. And we know ultimately all those things in the person and work of Jesus. And so, yeah, the psalm just invites us. It just leads us to give thanks to Jesus for Jesus, right. for who he is and what he's done for us. And, and the answer to the suffering of the world is that, well, I got mine. I got right? my, the yeah, answer to yeah. the suffering of the world is God is God and God yeah. is good and God's power is yeah. ultimate, even over the most tragic and powerful forces of evil in the world that, that, sometimes seem to overwhelm goodness altogether. And that's that's the point. That's why we can be thankful. It brings us back to the reality that God is our greatest good. Mm -hmm. And that's our highest joy. That's our hope. That's our, yeah. yeah. No, that's good. That's good stuff. So what are you thinking about? Oh, what am I thinking about? Um, I'm thinking about some things I don't want to think about. I know we're going to be really transparent today in the what we're thinking about part. Yeah. This is really opening the door into <laughs> life, emotional life of pastors, which we talk a little bit about who this is for and like maybe people in our congregation are listening, which is great. Um, but maybe someday other pastors will be listening, mm. which is also good. And I do think it's helpful just to be able to say, let's talk about this because it's not a thing that we normally share out loud, but... It's real, and yeah. knowing you're not alone does help. Yeah, um, 
very real. And uh, we've talked about this before many times, but I'm thinking about what if my church closes? Mm -hmm. Um, It's a reality for us. We are small. Uh, We're spending more than we're taking in. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we have this gap between us and the community. And um, that makes the congregation anxious and it pushes me to be anxious. And Mm -hmm. so right now I'm fighting against that anxiety of wanting to go, 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 push, push, push the congregation to do new and more and better and higher and greater. Instead, I'm just trying to stay in the pocket of what is the next faithful thing God is telling us to do. Yeah, I really like that line um, because I mean, what you're talking about is like the ministry is vulnerable. And yeah. that is such an, as a culture, vulnerability it means you're failing, right? right. But right. if you look at the witness of the gospel, vulnerability means you're in the sweet spot, right? Mm-hmm. And so how do we learn to see vulnerability not as a sign that everything is wrong, but maybe as a sign that we're crossing a threshold into something truly spirit-breathed? And I like um, the line here. I'm going to be I'm going to be super geeked out Presbyterian for a minute. I like the line in the book of um, order about baptisms. What? I know, I know. Check me. Um, it talks about bringing children for bat- or infants for baptism without undue haste or delay. Mm. And I feel like that that's the thing. Like to yeah. live life in the church and and like we're doing things and things that matter. Yeah. And so. We don't want to delay. We don't want to be like, well, God, if you want it, whatever. I'm going to sit here and drink my tea. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But also, not with great haste, like, God, this is your desire, but if I don't do it perfectly and harder, faster, better, right. it won't work, right? Like, right. it doesn't depend on me, and yet I'm a part of things. And so how do we do ministry in our community, you know, walking in the reality that, A, we have all the time in the world, and that, B, it matters. Mm-hmm. And, and so to walk with like a joyful, hopeful, purposefulness, but not with anxiety or anxiousness, anxiety or anxiousness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we just say it twice. <laughs> no, I really, I mean, that's tough. And just to tell the truth, like, like any of our congregations, I mean, this place we serve might die. And that doesn't mean that what we're doing now doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't. I mean, we have an opportunity to be faithful today which is all that any congregation ever has. We have an opportunity to be faithful today. And in our living, we can bear witness to the glory of God in our dying. But that that's really hard. Well, and when you are in a place of anxiety, right? Well, I'll own it. Um, sometimes my problem is that I want to be Holy Spirit Junior and just, yeah. Yeah. you know, make it happen by my right. own strength, knowledge, wisdom, whatever. Right. And I think like a time like this, which is often, and I think especially if, if a person is committed, like we are to serving in communities, you know, that are marginal, right. Mm -hmm. That just don't have the resources and the opportunities and the stabilities that a lot of our colleagues take for granted in other places. And, and also the majority of pastors who are pastoring in the Mm -hmm. world are serving communities that are very marginal, right? Absolutely. Like that, yeah. this is yeah. the work. Yeah. So, um, but you know, how do we just live with this idea that we can do everything we do, but we can't control what happens. Like That's we right. lose the illusion of control. And so this, this 
assumption that we're brought into in our seminaries and in the world at large is like, if you work hard and you're good, everything will be great. And then you're in a space like this and you realize like, I can work hard and I can be good and, and still, still, this might not, quote, work, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that's that's what we signed on for, and and that's okay. I mean, it's still what we do today in our, in our congregations matters, regardless yeah. of what happens a year from now. And that is a hard but essential uh-huh. spiritual lesson yeah, because our faith is in God and not, not the institution. And in my best moments, when while we're in this place— I say, well, the good in all this is that it's bringing us, it's inviting us to a place where we say, if God doesn't do it, if God does not do it, it won't happen. Well, and to say our orientation is, look, all we want to do is be faithful. Right. So then whatever God's desire to do with our faithfulness is, is fine with us, right? And it connects to both of our sermons, right? Like, can time be wasted? Can this ministry be wasted? No. And what is your Thanksgiving for in this situation? Is it for visible success or, you know, accolades or affirmation. No, it's, you are in the presence of God. We are in the presence of God. When we do this work, that's the place where we give thanks. So we are to glorify God and to enjoy God forever. Right. So, and it's a privilege and an honor to do this work in whatever season that we're in. So we tell the truth. We do the work every day, like what we do matters. And then we're very aware that like, you know, if, if it's God's will, it will prosper. And if it's not, then it won't. And God doesn't work for us. We work for God. <laughs> That's right. God the does Holy not Spirit work for us. does not report to me. What so, a novel idea. Mm, God yes, does not work hard. for us. I mean, anyway, wow. so I think that's mm. good. So what are you thinking about? Well, um, so Sunday was a, a day, as Sunday often is. And there were parts of worship that were really, um, I mean, worship was beautiful because the Holy Spirit does worship um, mm. and people come and just, I mean, it's so good. Always. It's always so good. Um, and <laughs> so I knew it was one of those days where after worship finished, um, several people came up to me to give me feedback and all of the feedback was, um, I mean, what they were giving me feedback was, was appropriate. It was fair they were sharing with me some things that I had done or hadn't done that had caused them pain or missed out. And, and that, you know, that is all really appropriate. Um, but <laughs> it is hard. Um, like those moments after worship are just hard. And mm-hmm. I hesitate to talk about this because like, I'm not trying to set up being a pastor as being, you know, different or better or any, anything than anybody else. But, like, everybody has moments of great vulnerability mm-hmm. in their lives and in their working lives. And just, you know, every pastor I know after worship is just vulnerable. Like, Absolutely. Vulnerable just, is a good word. I mean, you just, like, there's nobody who cares more than we do about how things go. And it's not healthy, but I mean, in my weakness, I often just feel very responsible for the spiritual health, emotion, well-being of every single person. I wish I had said, this could have been better. Why didn't I do that? And this, I didn't communicate with that and that person. And I didn't talk to this person and we forgot this. And anyway, I just, um, it's hard and it's hard to shake it off and it's hard it's just hard. And so I guess I've just been thinking about how I need to go back to a couple people um, and and have, because in the moment, like I'm conflict avoidant and I'm whatever. So I will just 
swallow it and I will take responsibility mm. gladly for the things that I didn't do that I should have done. And, um, but I also probably need to go back to them now a little bit later and just say like, Hey, um, you, you, your insight was correct. Mm. And thank you for being honest with me about that. And I need you to know that the way you mm. came to me and, and the, when you came to me, just caused me a lot of pain. And you probably didn't mean to make me feel so discouraged. Mm. Um, but I just need you to know that I'm human and I do. And like when I finish worship and I mean, not like, and I feel bad. It's not like people need to come out of like, sometimes <laughs> the receiving line is so tricky, right? Cause like, you're standing there and you're greeting people. And sometimes it feels like I'm standing there being like, and now you compliment me. And now you yes, compliment me. It's not now like you, you're not greeting that. people in order for them all to give you a high five. No, about it's the not. Sermon. It's right. so not. And at the same time, I would really appreciate it if people could give me critical feedback, which I'm grateful for, not in that moment and, mm. and not with assumptions. Like if I forget something, I promise you it's not because... I want to cause you pain. Mm. Like, that's just not why I'm in this. Right. And so, and like nothing, you know, cuts me deeper than to realize that, you know, something I've done has been really received as unloving to somebody that I love. Mm. Right. And also, you know, the, um, real life preacher guy, Gordon Atkinson has a great blog post called you are, you're not Jesus preacher. And the reality is like, I'm not Jesus. And so Mm. like, I am absolutely not aware, Mm. um, of everything that's happening in the congregation, I forget important things that matter. Like I do, and I I shouldn't, but I do because I am human and not Jesus. And I am so happy to say I'm sorry and to ask for forgiveness. And I am so willing to try and do better. Um, but I just need not. I I don't know. I just I need a buffer for that time. Yeah. On Sunday yeah. after church. So yeah, we that was were, just hard. We were saying as we were walking. Right after worship, your spiritual immune system is just low and you're just vulnerable. And anything that comes to you that even hints at criticism is just a weight. And um, uh, there's a, there's a, uh, a saying um, with uh, African-American Christians. Uh, I hear people say all the time, charge it to my head and not to my heart. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. No, and so that's when people so come back with, with stuff with, you know, you didn't do this or you forgot this and you just say, listen, charge it to my head and not my heart. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Mm. That is the, so the truth Yeah, because I, you know, I'm thinking about, Oh, we don't have a Sunday school teacher. How am I going to fill this out? The podcast didn't get set up. The book. I mean, like I, like I'm trying mm. to be on a very practical plane and a very spiritual plane at the same time and grateful to be there. Like it's hard to tell the truth about this because it sounds like you're complaining and I'm not complaining. I'm just acknowledging Mm -hmm. my challenge of it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. yeah. And I think that it's just hard too when people come to you and don't just say like, Hey, you forgot this, but they come to you and say, you forgot this because you don't care. Or you forgot this because this is your political orientation or you forgot this because you like them more than me. And I'm like, look, it would I that would I would hold that differently if this was someone new to the community or if I were mm. someone new to the community. But it's tough after all of these years when I can't get a benefit of the doubt from mm. somebody, right? Like I'm not needing anybody to say that what I do doesn't the mistakes I make don't matter. Um, like that they do. Like I'm I'm here for that. But but I hate it when the story that people immediately tell is something 
you know, I just hate it that people don't know that I love them at this point. Yes. I hate it when people don't believe yeah. that I'm really trying to do my best. Yeah. I hate it that people believe that I would make an intentional choice to wound them in worship. Mm. Like that, that just, that's hard. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. really hard. Mm. So anyway, I, I probably need to <laughs> follow up. But Oh, all right, friend, we're out of time. So what is astonishing you this What is week? astonishing me? Um, well... <laughs> Oddly enough, in light of our conversation, uh, what's astonishing me is the true nature of the church. Last night in our elders meeting uh, for our devotion, we looked at 1 Peter 2, 9. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, God's special possession, that the church really isn't um, this human institution only. The church is a divine institution infused with God's power. I'm astonished by being having having this treasure in jars of clay um and sometimes i think we can we can lose sight of that that jesus meant what he said when he said i will build my church and so i'm astonished by as as flawed as we all are in the church the true nature of the church yeah no that's good and relevant to everything we've been talking about today but sometimes it's so easy to see the jar of clay and focus on that instead yeah. of on the treasure and on the Jesus. And lose our joy and enthusiasm because we right. forget that. And to get stressed and worried because we're thinking about the timing and we're thinking about our weaknesses and we're thinking about whatever instead of saying like, yeah, that that's real. Mm-hmm. And that just magnifies the glory of the Lord when we focus on where it is. Yeah. Um, well. So what astonishes you? And it's astonishing. Totally you. different uh, way. I think um, I read a really great article last week um, called Five Things the Working Poor Want You to Know. Um, want you to know in these holidays, but they mm. won't tell you. Um, something like that. And um, it just astonishes me always how hard people work. Mm. Um, how hard people work and how um, just um, creative and strategic about paying their bills and making contributions financially and otherwise, and just how hard it is, how many people are working really hard and just do not have enough to to make ends meet. And it's not because they're wasting money and it's not because they're lazy. And, you know, what this article pointed out really well is like we don't, and especially in our churches, but I think in any church, you you think you know what someone who's struggling financially looks mm. like, and you just don't. You don't. Like the person oh, who has a car like yours or the person who has a job, so well, you just don't know. You don't know if they're paying off, you know, bankruptcy from medical debt. You don't know if they're supporting a family member. You don't know. You just don't know. And so as we're moving into the holiday seasons, all of a sudden, there's all these expectations about extras, about the teacher's gifts, about the special Christmas potluck, about the yes. whatever, and, and just, you know, it just... It astonishes me how much people make assumptions. It astonishes me how the traditions built around the holidays, even in our church, mm. you know, make it hard, make mm. it harder for people to show up. And so I'm just thinking through, you know, how we can be more intentional as a congregation, um, recognizing that we're not adding one more burden on people, creating space for people to tell the truth, creating a conversation where we can have more realistic expectations for what it looks like to observe these days and that we're not a Grinch and we're not a Scrooge, but like we can all come together and talk about like, Hey, can we all have a conversation about what, what, 
you know, how many presents should our children expect to find on Christmas morning? And what kinds of things should they expect to find? And it's not just our child. Anyway, so I, I really recommend it. The The blog it's on is called The Humbled Homemaker. I don't know how I ran a, the miracles of Facebook. But anyway, mm, yeah. but it's really good to read. And I'm thinking about that and just praying about it and about the burdens that people are carrying as they move into these days and how we as an institution can be lifting them and not piling them on. And the name of the article again? The name of the article is Five Things Working Poor Want You to Know in the Holidays and Will Not Tell You. Something like that. Sorry. I have it above me on my screen, but yeah. Five Things the Working Poor Want You to Know During the Holidays. Mm, Good. So look it up. Thanks, friend. Very good. All right. Thanksgiving. Yes. We made it. No one kicked us out. (laughs) (laughs) We will see you next week.